Hey there, friend. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited about this theme. The resurrection is already here. Yes, that's what I said. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is already here. What do I mean? Stay tuned. This is episode 228, and we're going to talk about it. Welcome, friend. I'm Brian Del Turco. I believe that Jesus Christ knows how our lives work best and that he's passionate about developing us as his followers, intimate friends, and co-agents in his kingdom. That's right, co-agency in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. If you want to go further with King Jesus and his enterprise, that is his kingdom, I believe this is the podcast for you. I've come to the point in my walk with the Lord and in life that I believe that there is probably always something in our lives in need of resurrection. I think the Lord is going to allow something in the seasons of our lives to always remain there that needs his resurrection life. It's that tension that we live in, the already of his kingdom, but the not yet full consummation of his kingdom. It's also that tension that the resurrection life of Jesus is already here, and yet it's not here in its fullness. Here's a phrase that may rattle your thinking a little bit. The resurrection principle is multiphasic. It comes in phases, in waves, and it's already here, and the biggest waves and the fullness of it is coming, but it's already started. Let me give you a few scriptures to begin with. Romans 8, 1-2. There's no condemnation, right, for those who are in Christ Jesus. But listen to verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What is this law or this principle, this dynamic of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus that is already active? Look at verse 10 in the same chapter, Romans 8. It says there that our body is dead because of sin, but our spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in us. And so then, verse 12 says, we are no longer under obligation to that old flesh nature. There's an example right there of the resurrection life of Jesus already at play. We don't have to keep giving in to the deadness of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, and the deadness of our bodies, if you will. But the spirit in us, in our spirit, I believe released through our psychology can even fill the physicality of our physical being, the life of Jesus. We can walk in consecration and holiness. We can walk according now to design. Speaking of design, I follow this uh, business called Ecclesia Design on Instagram. It's a consulting agency for local churches and real estate and redeeming places. Their byline is a place-based design consultancy serving the Christian community through site planning and landscape architecture. Their recent post this week, obviously with Easter or Resurrection Sunday coming. By the way, every day is Resurrection Sunday for the Christian. Every day is the first day of a new week. 
Every day is the principle of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We're going to briefly talk about it today. But in their recent post, they say, By faith, sown seed becomes raised to the glory of new life. Jesus said that. He said that a seed must go into the ground and die, and then new life will come. They say in their post that creation was designed with an embedded liturgical pattern of death, burial, and resurrection. I don't know who's writing these things, but I love their theology, and I love the uh, elegance of their writing as well. Creation designed with an embedded liturgical pattern of death, burial, and resurrection. They say that Paul expounds upon this reality in 1 Corinthians 15, and we see this principle all around us in seeds going into the ground. The sun setting below the horizon, a death, if you will, only to be raised again, I'm adding, the next morning. In our own lives, something must first be spent, they write, while accomplishing its purpose in order to yield a new creation in its place. I mean, as I'm recording this podcast, something has to die. I give up some of my energy, some of my time, some of my thought process. And I'm looking for the principle of resurrection that ears will hear this and that new life will come forth in the truth from Scripture, from the kingdom. So it is with our bodies, they write. So it is with the old self. We put the old self to death. The old self has been put to death on the cross, I'm adding. But we, practically speaking, have to mortify the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit of God. I think it says that in Colossians. And we put on that new self in Christ. I know it says that in Colossians. So it is. Death and life comes forth. They even say in their business, in their work, so it is with landscaping in which God has called local churches to take dominion over. So it is that we reform the world around us, they write, letting some things pass away while new designs take place. I want to share with you in our own personal experience, my wife and I were in a place where we renovated an old home a long time ago, but we probably have stayed in this home too long, and it's time for a new place. And so there's some sense in which the oldness needs to die and be buried, and the new place needs to come forth. There's even some sense in which preparing for that, that we need to bring the resurrection life principle of Christ again into this home, preparing it for selling, renovating some things. You see, this is very practical. And I want to be careful because I don't want you to think, oh, there's Brian. He must be uh, one of these people who believes that Christianity is something that enhances our life right now in terms of like wellness or relationships or finance or something like real estate or business. Well, listen, my meta view of what it means to follow Jesus is to bring glory to God. We are looking for the new heavens and a new earth to come. But I am saying that the age which is to come is spilling back into our time. I'm saying that the fullness of the resurrection, which is to come, is already at play. And we are to, as Peter says, show forth the excellencies or the praises 
of God now in very practical, concrete ways, not as a personal life enhancement program, but as a witness to the excellencies of our God. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if you're thinking that, if you're getting you know wound up with that, please don't. It's not who I am. But I love this theology of Ecclesia Design. Look them up on Instagram. They're worth following just for the thought equity that they bring. What are we saying? We're saying that the resurrection is already here. You know, raising someone or something to life again, that's an awesome showcase of God's energy, isn't it? We have this potential in Jesus to experience a new kind of life. It is resurrection life, my friend, in the now and in the here, wherever your here is, wherever your place is. Let's consider Lazarus. He was seriously sick and then he died. He was in the grave for four days. I think John 12 is where you can read about this. When Jesus finally came, he said to his sister, your brother will rise again. Now he's setting her up, the consummate teacher the consummate practitioner of the life of God is setting her up. He is our model. And what Martha didn't know that Jesus was radically about to shift the way that she saw things. And her response is what many, many, perhaps most Christians would say today. Oh, yes, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. True. But Jesus wasn't talking about the last day. On that day, (laughs) he was in the moment with Martha's pain and need. In this case, Lazarus had prematurely died and he was ready to see the glory of the father put on display. And this is what Jesus does. He reframes our understanding. If you're going to authentically walk with Jesus, get ready to get deconstructed in your old ways of thinking and be reconstructed and reframed in new kingdom ways. It's a new and living way, as it says in Hebrews. And so much of what Jesus does in our life is to help us see things in that new living way, to truly believe. Martha's thinking about resurrection life was narrow, and it was the way that most of us think today. It was reserved only for the future. But if we're honest, it's, you know, that this is the way that most of us are. But with Jesus, the powers of the age to come break into our time right here, right now. I love what N.T. Wright says in his book, Surprised by Hope. Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from earth to heaven, but to colonize earth with the life of heaven. Wow. The writer of Hebrews says that we can be enlightened. This is chapter six. We can begin to taste the heavenly gift now. We can partake of the Holy Spirit. We can taste the good word of God and and taste the powers of the age which are to come. This tasting of the powers of the age to come is an extraordinary potential. Could it be, my friend, that this is what is meant by the normal Christian life. Notice the normal Christian life is not the average Christian life that you see or that even you and I have experienced. What's normative from Jesus' point of view 
is not the average mean that we see in the modern church world. The Holy Spirit is going to agitate us and shake us to wake us and get us on a trajectory where we are now reoriented towards the normal Christian life. Father, let's just say a sentence prayer here, maybe one or two. Father, may that be by your spirit and by your word and by your working in our lives, would you put us on a new vector, a new trajectory back to the normative Christian life? Thank you, Father. We receive it. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Again, Martha says, I know that he will be resurrected in the last day. Wait a minute. Jesus says, I'm it. I am the resurrection and the life. It's a now statement. Jesus wants Martha to realize that the resurrection is already on. I encourage you to invest time in John 11, 17 to 44, and just immerse yourself in this account. And would you pray a dangerous prayer? Would you pray, Father, by your spirit, would you illuminate the text? And would you show me exegesis? Would you speak through the text? And would you pray, Lord Jesus, as the living word, Would you come to me through the inscripturated word and speak to me a now living meaning for me through this passage? You see, the ministry acts of Jesus in the Gospels are meant to model for us what's possible in our experience. And so what does Jesus say? He says, take away the stone. What does Martha say? Wait a minute, Lord, by this time it's been four days. He's decaying. What did Jesus say to her? Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And it says there that Jesus, having prayed to his father, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Do a little homework in that passage in John 11. I'm not sure. I don't think it says there in John 11 that Jesus prayed on the spot. I I think it says there, having prayed to his father, he had already prayed about this. He had prayed on the way. Maybe he prayed when he first heard about Lazarus' sickness several days before. All it says is that Jesus said there, Lazarus come forth and Lazarus came up and out of that grave. I mean, yes, the complete consummation of Jesus' kingdom is yet to come. Yes, the complete resurrection experience of Jesus is yet to come on that day, as as Martha had referenced. But Jesus has already inaugurated his kingdom. Make no mistake about it. The kingdom is already inaugurated, even though it's not yet fully consummated. We are in that parenthetical age, that already but not yet time that theologians talk about, where new possibilities are present to be sampled now, to taste the powers of the age to come right here, right now. And this includes foretasting resurrection life. What did Jesus say right at the outset of his public ministry? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You see, wherever there is this repentance, changing the mind, changing our approach to life, a reorientating of our life. Authentic kingdom life is available. I love, I love what G.K. 
Chesterton says in The Everlasting Man. On the third day, the friends of Christ, coming at daybreak to the place, found the grave empty and the stone rolled away. In varying ways, they realized the new wonder. But even they hardly realized that the world had died in the night. What they were looking at was the first day of a new creation with a new heaven and a new earth. And in a semblance of the gardener God walking again in the garden, in the cool, not of the evening, but the dawn. Come on, G.K. Chesterton from over a, a century ago. You killed it. And you're killing us in a good way with the way you write this. They hardly realized, he says, that the world had died in the night and what they were looking at was the first day of a new creation. Yes, the new creation is yet to come, the new heavens and the new earth. But I want to tell you that it's already begun. It's not just for the future, as Martha thought. It comes in progressive phases. The Holy Spirit that you received at your regeneration is not all that there is to receive that measure. Yes, he's dwelling in you now. You cannot be regenerated without the Spirit of God within you. But he gives the Spirit without measure, and we are to seek fresh infillings of the Spirit. Understand that I, I, I fully, I full on believe that the Word is primary, right? I want to pursue fresh intake of Scripture constantly. God magnifies his Word even according or above his name. And if his word has this priority with him, and if he really does nothing apart from the agency of his word, then I have to give it prime time and energy in my life. It transforms my worldview. But I also need to understand that I can receive the person, the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit without measure as well. And that very word talks about it. The great Chinese Bible teacher, Watchman Nee, talked about the release of our spirit. He wrote of the incrustation, the crust in our soul life, which can limit the release of the spirit's potential through us. The apostle Paul said that he served God with his spirit. I, you know, Lord, I resolve that I must pursue a course of, of becoming Christ-like, of sanctification process and wholeness in my experience where the spirit and what's in my spirit can be released and that God can flow through my spirit with greater presence, greater power. You see, it's the incrustation though of our mind, our will, our emotions, the soul life around it. Honor everything that is good about your past, but if the Lord is asking you to develop, better listen, better stay in the word. Be true to the modeling in the words of Jesus. 2 Peter 3.18 talks about grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. We should always be growing. And here's one last question for me. Do I have a strong desire to see the glory of God manifested here and now? Again, Jesus told Martha, did I not say to you that you would see the glory of God if you believe? Do I have a strong desire to see the glory of God manifested here and now? I know it's outrageous, radical belief. Thanks for staying connected with the podcast and with JesusSmart.com, digital pathways and resources as the Lord leads that we're seeking to develop, to inspire, to inform. Let's pray. Let me not forget to pray. Father, 
We thank you, everything you've done for us. We thank you for the crucifixion of your son, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ. We thank you that Jesus gives the spirit without measure. Thank you, Lord. You baptize in the spirit. You immerse us in the influence of the spirit of God. Thank you that we can be questing after fresh infillings of the Holy Spirit, according to Ephesians 5.18, according to that sense biblically of a continuous present action. Thank you for the resurrection life of Jesus. It's about the glory of God. It's about showing forth the excellencies of our God in various life domains, always about the story of God always about looking and hastening the new heavens and the new earth to come, and we give you glory. When you subscribe, you'll be notified on your podcast app about when new episodes go live at the website, jesussmart.com. You can sign up for the e-letter to keep you updated about new things and new thoughts and resourcing. And uh, hey, there's another website as well, wildoxprayer.com, wildoxprayer.com. Check it out. It's another podcast. It's short. They're tight, prayer dynamics, and then pray on some edge related to society, culture, and the nations. The house of God is a house of prayer for all nations. Thank you for passing this episode along to your friends and contacts. It's always the best way for people to learn about something like a podcast, personal recommendation. Walk with him and you're going to catch his brilliance in a unique way. And I think we're going to catch that spirit of life that he carries in a unique way too. I look forward to connecting next time.